If you have your Bibles with you, the book of Genesis, chapter 6, verse 9. In Genesis, chapter 6, and verse 9, the Bible says this, and it says, This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time. And he walked in close fellowship with God. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would take over this service, Heavenly Father. Lord, give me the words to speak, Lord God. Your breath, Heavenly Father, and my lungs, Heavenly Father. Help us, Lord God, to be hearers and doers of your word. And in that, we will see your blessings upon our life. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. The church says, amen Amen and amen. I titled this message this morning, Fellowship with God. How many of you seek fellowship with God? Amen. We're going to get into what that means and how to have that in our lives and a few steps we're going to get into um, looking at Noah's life in bringing fellowship with God between us and him. The Bible says that he walked in close fellowship with God in Genesis chapter 6. Another translation says this, and it says, he tried always to conduct his affairs according to God's will. Now remember, we talked about just this past Wednesday, uh, you know, making, making an effort uh, to be content. Remember we talked about that? Paul, Paul says, uh, uh, he says, I have learned how to be content in every circumstance. Well, here we have again where the Bible says that Noah tried always to conduct his affairs according to God's will. You see, Noah made a conscious effort to be in fellowship with God, to remain in fellowship with God. Why? Because he desired it. I believe it's because he loved it. I believe it's because it's in those times of fellowship with God that you, that you find your true purpose. I believe it's in that fellowship with God that you are the most satisfied. Amen? I mean, know what I'm talking about this morning. I know I'm not alone here. It's in those times of fellowship with God, as Sister Luan said earlier, that you know everything's going to be all right. Why? Because you have the ability? No, because God is your Father. Because you are in fellowship with him, he's going to work everything out for your good. You have to understand this, and I believe this is what Noah experienced in his life. See, I want to ask you this question this morning, and I want you to, I want you to answer it to yourself. What do you enjoy the most about your relationship with God? Think about it. Because that's a a really big question there. Because many times we won't think about that. What is it that you enjoy the most about your relationship with God? See, because I believe if you answer that honestly, oh, it's going to open your eyes to some things. It's going to make you think about, wow, this is what I enjoy the most. I've, I've, I've never thought about this. What are the things that I, that, uh, you know, what are the benefits 
of a relationship with God. What are those benefits in your life? I know what they are in my life, but I don't know what they are in your life. And many times they can be different for each of us. Why? Because we have different experiences. Same God, but different experiences. We had different walks of life. We went through different circumstances in our lives. And so we know God a little differently. I'm sure each and every individual in here can come up and say one thing about God that is special to them. I guarantee it. You see, but you need to think about that. You need to meditate on that. What, is, what are those things that I enjoy about my relationship with God? How did Noah benefit from his relationship with God? Well, the Bible says that he and his family were spared from the flood. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7, it says this. It says, by faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. <laughs> Sounds crazy. He built a ship in the middle of dry land by faith. He says he was warned about something he couldn't see. I want you to hear this and to really grasp and understand what's being said here. He was warned about something he couldn't see and acted on what he was told. Mm. How many of you wish your children were like that? <laughs> your teenagers, right? Man, I wish they would just act on what they were told. That would make life so much easier, wouldn't it? The result, his family was saved. His act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the rightness of the believing world. As a result, Noah became intimate with God. He became intimate with God. Noah had fellowship with God. You see, that word intimacy could be, could be, could be uh, 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 misused nowadays. Nowadays, it's, it's, it's used you know, with, with, with bad, uh, you know, bad kind of, 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 of meaning and things like that, but intimacy with God was a beautiful thing. That's how God created Adam and Eve, was for them to experience intimacy True intimacy with God. Where God speaks to them and they speak back. And they have a two-way communication. God walked with them. He walked with them in the garden, the Bible says. See, why is this fellowship important? Well, it's important for us to enjoy our relationship with God. See, it's great to have a relationship with God and you can say, you know what, uh, 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 you know, I, I, I serve God, I'm a Christian, I'm, I believe. But it's another thing to say, I truly enjoy my relationship with God. See, that's a whole nother level, I believe. 
than just saying that you have a relationship. Because how many know that there's a lot of marriages right now that are basically just a relationship? It's just on paper. It's sad, but it happens. But for that spouse to say that I enjoy my relationship with so-and-so, now we're at a whole nother level. See, now we know that everything, that, that, that there's, uh, it's a healthy relationship. See, before it was just, you know, maybe, maybe on the lines of like acquaintances. We just live together and we share a roof. No, God doesn't want you to live like that in your relationship. God wants you to experience true intimacy. Amen? Married people? Yes? All right. The rest of you, you had your chance. <laughs> that was it right there. The train left. <laughs> God wants us to enjoy our relationships. Amen? See, what hinders this fellowship? Well, obviously, it's sin. Sin will hinder fellowship with God. After Adam and Eve sinned, God called out to Adam as he had done his whole life. But Adam said these different words here in Genesis chapter 3. This was after Adam and Eve sinned. God called to Adam, Genesis 3, and Adam says this. He says, I heard your voice and I was afraid. And I was afraid. You see, something changed there. They went from having intimacy, they went from having fellowship with God, <clears throat> now to a point where Adam says, Lord, I heard your voice, and I was afraid. Maybe Adam didn't even know what was happening in his life. He had this fear, and he didn't even understand why himself. See, but this is what sin does. Sin will cause us, excuse me, sin will cause us to distance ourselves from God. Sin will cause us to say, oh, you know what? I can't be his anymore. God must not love me. Yes, he is. The devil's a liar, church. God doesn't love me anymore. How could he love me? But the truth is, he still does. But this is what sin tries to cause. It drives that wedge in our fellowship with the Lord. You see, sin is pleasurable. Now, some of you may be thinking, Pastor, what are you saying? Shouldn't you be speaking the opposite? Sin is pleasurable. If it wasn't, we wouldn't sin. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. It feels good. That's why we do it. That's why the sinful nature, the flesh, desires it so much. Because it gets us to really believe that it's going to be good forever. See, in this, this is where we need to understand and how we need to view sin. Yes, it may be pleasurable, 
but it's just for a moment, the Bible says. It's just for a moment. There's a room full of people who can attest that sin is only pleasurable for a moment. You know this to be true. Look at what Hebrews 11.24 says. It says, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be treated as the grandson of the king, but chose instead to share ill treatment with God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. The Bible says that he thought that it was better to suffer for the promised Christ than to own all the treasures of Egypt. Why? Because he was looking forward to the great reward that God would give him. The Bible says there, sin, it is pleasurable. It's going to be fun. But it's only for a season. The Bible calls it fleeting. Fleeting. It means it doesn't last forever. It'll be here today and gone the next. See, what the enemy doesn't want us to understand is what sin does to our relationship with God. What it keeps us from experiencing, and that is fellowship with God. It keeps us from enjoying our relationship with God. You come to a place and you, and, and you know, uh, when, when, you, when you sin and, and you still know God, right? You still know his power. But for some reason, you're not enjoying the relationship. Are you with me this morning? Because I know I'm not the only one who feels this way after sin. You're not quite enjoying it like you were. Something is different. Yes, you still know God is real and he, still, and he still loves you. You may still know that and understand that. But you're not finding the enjoyment anymore. And this is what sin seeks to separate in our lives. You see, we need to understand that the pleasures of sin are not worth the effects. They're not worth it. The pleasures of sin are not worth the consequences. Moses made a decision not to seek after what was pleasurable right now. But he desired God's blessings upon his life. You see, roughly, roughly about a thousand years after creation of man, the Bible says that the world had gotten itself into a giant mess. So much so that God decided to clean house. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5, says, the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. And he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. 
And so the Lord was sorry he had ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, and I will destroy every living thing. All the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the air. He says, I am sorry I ever made them. Verse 8 says, but Noah found favor with the Lord. Another translation of that says, but the Lord was pleased with Noah. You see, what was the difference here between Noah and the rest? Well, the difference was that Noah had a fellowship with God. So, we're going to look this morning at three areas in Noah's life that caused him to experience this fellowship with God. I want you to take notes. Number one, the first area in Noah's life that caused him to experience fellowship with God is his confidence in God. Hebrews 11.7 says this, By faith, with confidence in God and his word, Noah, being warned by God about events not yet seen, in reverence, prepared an ark for the salvation of his army. You see, Noah's confidence wasn't just in knowing the voice of God, but it was also, his confidence was in knowing that God is true to his word. This is huge right here. That's it right there. We could end right there and have, a, have the, the, the sermon finished. His confidence was not only in knowing the voice of God and understanding that it was him when he spoke to him, but it was also knowing that God is true to his word. And so he did it. See, I'm sure if we're honest with ourselves, all of us can use improvement in recognizing the voice of God in our lives. Each and every one of us. Because God is speaking to us, but are we recognizing that it's Him? See, He was also confident in knowing who God is. What was he confident in knowing about God, knowing his character? Knowing his long suffering. That God is a patient God. That to bring him to this place took years and years and years of disobedience from man. God is patient. Noah was also confident in God's love for mankind. That God loves you and I. Do you believe that this morning? God loves you with an everlasting love. When I was a kid, I used to like those everlasting gobstoppers. Remember those things? 
you know, they're dangerous, if you think about it, to the, to the little kids now. But I remember eating them things, and they would, they would last, you know, not forever, but a really long time. But I think of God's everlasting, and that's forever. That is forever. That's infinite. There is no end. See, the ark that Noah had built was by no means a kayak. Many of us may think, well, you know, cool, you know, Noah built a ship. How hard can that be? The Bible says that it was 450 feet long. 450 feet long, 45 feet high. Not sure how high the ceiling is here, but I think 45 is a little higher. 75 feet wide. That's huge. And we're thinking way back then, you know, we, you know, we see a lot of ships now that are, are much larger, but we have modern technology. You got all these, all these welders that are working on this ship. They didn't have welders back then. It was all wood. The Bible doesn't say how long it took Noah to build this ship, but it some may estimate uh, at about 70 years. It could have been up to 70 years that Noah took to build this ark. 70 years. That's almost two of my lifetimes. <laughs> and he built it for quite possibly 70 years. Why? Because he knew that God is true to his word. See, if you don't know, if you don't know that it's the voice of God, and if you don't know that he is really true to his word, it's going to be difficult for you to act in it. It's going to be difficult for you to move where God is calling you. Because you might not believe it yourself. You might have, you might second guess it. Well, you know, let me, let me give it a few days and, and, and see if this is really from God. Let me sleep on it. The Bible says that when God called Noah, Noah moved. Noah did it. Why? Because he knew it was him. Secondly, what allowed Noah to have fellowship with God not only was it his confidence in God, but it was also his compliance in God. See, confidence is important because we, th we, think, of, we think of our lives, you know, can, can, can someone have confidence in what I say? You know, so we need to be true to our word as well, just as God is true to his word. Amen? We need to be true to our word. And what am I talking about? Well, not only in our relationship with God, but, our in, but in our relationship with others. We need to be true to our word. Others should be able to have confidence that you mean what you say. So I'm going to leave that there as well.
It was his compliance with God. Hebrews 11:7 says this. It says, by this act of obedience, he condemned the world and became an heir, not E-R-R-O-R, H-E-I-R. He became an heir of the righteousness which comes by faith. You see, this is why God decided to flood the earth in the first place. Because there was no compliance. There was no obedience. Everybody was just living to please themselves. It was a world of selfishness, perversion, wickedness. And this is what God saw when he looked out. The Bible says that it broke God's heart. Broke him. It hurts to see his creation living according to the flesh and not enjoying fellowship with God. Genesis 6, 1 through 3 says this, the number of people increased all over the earth and daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw that the daughters of other humans were beautiful, so they married any woman they chose. Then the Lord said, my spirit will not struggle with humans forever. Because they are flesh and blood, they will live 120 years. God gave the human race a countdown of 120 years. You see, some may think that God was actually putting a time stamp on everyone's lives going forward, that no one will live past 120. That's not the case. Because then how do you explain Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and many others that lived past 120 after the flood? What God was giving was a countdown. It says 120, and you're gone. That's it. You'll be wiped out. Genesis 6-5 says, The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. And he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he had ever made them and put them on the earth. Oh, that's heartbreaking. The Bible says it broke his heart. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of this earth. Yes, and, and I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I have ever, I had ever made them. But the Bible says that Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time. And he walked in close fellowship with God. In close fellowship with God. See, at my job, we have to abide by many uh, 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 requirements of California, you know, pipeline, DOT. We have to fall under compliance of all these things. Why? Because if we don't, we're going to get fined, and they're heavy fines. It's a heavy price to pay. Well, it's no different in our lives. If we are not in compliance with God's will 
And what God has us to do, there's a heavy price for that. If you find yourself out of compliance and you find yourself just doing whatever you want to do, there's a heavy price for that. You will have to pay that price if you keep living that way. God wants to bring you back into compliance with him, to bring you back into right standing. He's the forgiving God. He's a, he's a gracious God. It's his grace and his mercy is why we're all here in the first place. We may think in our lives, well, I haven't had to pay a price yet for the things that I'm doing. Oh, geez. Please don't think that way. Because that clock is ticking. God's grace and his mercy is not going to last forever in your life. Don't test God. Don't test him in that. Don't play with sin. See, the Bible says in Proverbs 14, 12, it says there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. And this is sin. This is life lived in sin. That, that it appears to be right, but in the end it ends up killing us. It ends up separating us eternally from God. And that's what God doesn't want. See, lastly here, another area in Noah's life that caused him to experience fellowship with God was this, his commitment to God. Not only was it his confidence and his compliance, but it's also his commitment. See, Noah had a relationship with God. In fact, the Bible says that he was the only one. He was the only one that God could find, that's, that God can say, Noah is a man after me. That's crazy to think about, church. I mean, just to try to fathom that, it's unbelievable. The Bible says that he was righteous and blameless. Now, that doesn't mean that Noah never sinned. Because we know, if, we, if you know the story, that right after the flood receded, Noah got drunk. He was acting a fool. See, we may be faithful, but you have to understand is that that sinful nature is going to be traveling with you wherever you go. <laughs> That's why you wonder, why is it so hard for me to do things right? Because it's that sinful nature. That keeps, that keeps wanting to run things in your life. That keeps wanting to direct you. Oh, just listen to me. I got it all taken care of. You don't need God's mapping system. You don't need the Holy Spirit. You got me. I'm your best friend. We're going to have fun. See, obedience is a long-term commitment. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, stick with it. Many people look at the story of Noah, the story of the flood as, 
God as God being a God of wrath and of, and of judgment. Oh, he's so mean. Look at what he did. He killed everyone. Are you kidding me? Everyone had an opportunity to do what was right. Did God force them to do bad? He doesn't force anyone to do anything against your will. That's what free will is all about, church. Everyone who was born during that time had free will, just as we do now. You're free to do whatever you want. But God says you need to understand that that body you have is on loan. It's not really yours. <laughs> you may think it's yours. You may think you created yourself. Many of us do. <laughs> Don't we? I can do whatever I want. That's what that attitude comes from. I can do whatever I want. You didn't create yourself. As amazing as you are. God created you. He created you for a great purpose. And he says, even though you can do whatever you want, yes, but there are consequences to your actions. There are consequences to your behavior. We know as we look out in today's culture that when there are no consequences, everyone wreaks havoc. We see this today. Why are these things happening? Because there are no consequences immediately. Immediate consequences. But let me tell you right now, God has the final word. God has the final word. You're not going to pull the wool over God's eyes. So God's, God, this story is not, a, is not a story of God's wrath and judgment. Instead, I see it as God rewarding those who love him. God blesses those who have fellowship with him. He could have killed Noah too and his family and said, you know what, I'm starting all over again completely and I'm making a new Adam and Eve. He could have did that. But what did he do? He spared the ones that had fellowship with him. Mm, that's good. That's really good. That's good for you and I. Because it doesn't matter what's taking place around you in this world, amen. If you have fellowship with God, you, you have God's blessings upon your life. You're going to see God's rewards upon your life. So don't get stuck in what others are doing. And don't get stuck in, 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 in well, how come he or she can do that and get away with it? They're not getting away with it. I'm telling you right now, they have to answer to God. And so you decide in your life that as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm telling you right now, you have to decide for yourself. I've seen this in my own life, how God blesses those who walk with him. I look around the church here, and I see actual, actual accounts of how God blesses Different people here. Different backgrounds. 
different personalities. I know yours is the best personality, right? <laughs> different stories, different upbringings, different neighborhoods, different races, everything. We're all unique. There's no two identical people here in this place this morning. Even if you were born identical twins, you're still not identical. There's still differences there. But I see all the different walks of life that find themselves here this morning. All the lives that God has transformed. Why? Because you love God. Because you desire fellowship with him. That's what happens as the worship team comes forward this morning. The Bible says that he uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, look, there's hope for you. <laughs> there it is right there. Don't, don't, don't walk out of God's will just yet. God has great plans for your life. You look around and, you, and, and you, have, you may have no idea what the person sitting next to you went through to get to where they're at right now. You have no idea their journey. You have no idea the struggles they had, that they had to go through to be here this morning. You don't. All oh, the valleys, the mountain highs, that was all part of their journey, which finds them here this morning. Church, it only happens when you have fellowship with God. God can use you. God can use you. God can use you. You know what? You know who God can't use? Is quitters. God can't use quitters. So it doesn't matter how difficult your life has been. Oh, just keep fighting. Just keep fighting. It doesn't matter how much wrong you've done. Oh, just keep seeking fellowship with God. You keep seeking Him. And you're going to see his rewards and blessings, I guarantee it. I was eating a Hall's cough drop earlier before service. And I was looking at my wrapper. I don't know if any of you know this about Hall's cough drops, but their statement on this wrapper is that there is a pep talk in every drop. So what do I mean by that? Well, Halls decided to put a bunch of encouraging statements on their wrappers. So let me see if I can read some of these to you. One of them says, march forward. Hmm. Another one says, turn can do 
into Candid. Another one says, power through. I like this one. This one says, get back in there, champ. <laughs> That's good stuff. That's good stuff. This one is my favorite right here, though. This one's my favorite. It says, you've survived together. Oh, man. Woo! That's a good word right there. Man, little did whoever wrote those things know that they were encouraging me before I gave this message this morning. Man, when I read, when I read, you can do it, champ, I said, oh, yes. I was ready. I wasn't even feeling good this morning. <laughs> I'm not even feeling good. But it's the words of God. It's the words of God. Yes, they're on a, yes, they're on a paper. But I believe God is, is telling me those same things, amen? You can do it in Jesus' name. You can do it. There is nothing too great. With me, all things are possible. What are you facing right now in your life? Nothing is too great for me, God says. Mm. All from a holes wrapper. Some of you gotta eat more holes to stay encouraged. <laughs> You're not being reminded enough. Noah quite possibly built an ark for 70 years. Think of all the opportunities he had to walk away. Think of all the opportunities he, that, that came toward him to quit. 70 years quite possibly I'm sure there were many opportunities to throw in the towel. But this is the kind of man that Noah was. His confidence in God, his compliance in God, his commitment to God, his fellowship with God. And church, let me tell you, God is looking for more. God is looking for more like him. More like him more like Noah. He wasn't sinless, but he was righteous in the eyes of God. God is looking for more individuals who will not only recognize God's voice, but to have full confidence in him that he is true to his word. And you have to understand that and you need to walk in it this morning. Let's give God praise. Let's give God praise this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. As every head is bowed, every eye closed.